Hi, I'm Julie. I'm Kristen. I'm Kate, and welcome to Topical Island. Each week, one of us will deep dive into a topic that interests us. Have you ever wondered how to become a Disney princess? Is diva behavior acceptable? And what does it have to do with the opera? Will we get to work from home forever, ever? Join us as we answer these questions and more, as each week we will take you to a different topical island. Okay, Wichita, welcome to Topical Island. Yes. <laughs> welcome all of our listeners in Wichita. <laughs> we were just we're just laughing because we just pulled some of our stats and we have some listeners in Wichita, so welcome. Um, ladies, Julie, Kate, how are things going this week? Uh, Kate, what do you what have you been up to? It's been a busy week. Damn it, I feel like I say that every time too. We were camping for a few days this past weekend. I had to make an emergency trip out to the trailer today because I realized that I had left a basket of fresh fruit. And oh, no. with it being basically just a tin can, I didn't know what I was walking into. I thought maybe there was also bread in there. So I had to make an emergency trip out and uh, pick that up. And? there, I was right. There was fruit. No bread. <laughs> okay, but it's <laughs> not like you had stepped in on like a rotten... Mess. Oh yeah, yeah. That's what I thought you meant. You were like, didn't know what you were coming into. No, like, but I definitely would and... have. Like the bananas were starting to turn, and I could only imagine opening it up. And I mean, I kind of feel like it—it's the next worst thing, you know. Unless you were to walk in on like a rotting corpse, I, there's no need to like open up a cubby and for the bananas to be goo and just covered in mm -hmm. fruit flies. Mm -hmm. And you just had like a, a beautiful basket of fruit that you had brought out. Well, I always, I keep a basket in the trailer so that I can put, I put fruit in it when oh, we go. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah. I mean, I've discovered that the key <laughs> to a trailer is baskets, boxes, containers. Everything needs a basket, box, or container. Nice. So that's just a pro tip. Sound advice. How about you, Julie? I, you know, I had a pretty uneventful week. I got my second dose, so pretty excited about that. I was yeah. really shocked to see how empty the um, convention center was, which is where I've got mm. both my shots and just nobody there. The first time I went, they processed over 5,000 people that day. And wow, I don't know if they processed 500 um, this week when I was there. So I assume that means that a lot of people have got the doses they need and are, are done, but that was my excitement of the week. And um, yeah, many of my colleagues have been sent. I am not going back to work in the office um, right away, but many of my colleagues were. And it's just been interesting to hear the feedback as people go back. The most common feedback I'm hearing is that they were so much more productive at home without constant distractions, mm. even things like going to the washroom now take like 10 minutes because not only do you have to go and like key card yourself in and it's a little bit further of a walk, but if you run into somebody in the hallway or in the washroom, like, you know, you got to catch up. What have you been doing for the last yeah. 16 months? So it's just Oof. kind of, it's sort of interesting that I think there was such a concern over when we all went home that there'd be such a loss in productivity. But now that yeah. folks are going back to the office there is a definite lack in productivity. Um, and I'm not saying that some of those interactions aren't fruitful and productive for the workplace, but <laughs> most are probably not. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I can see that. 
I have yes. to say that I've even thought to myself because my company has done a survey in terms of how people want to go back to work. Do you want to be full-time office, full-time home, or would you like a hybrid? And my thought was, I would love a hybrid because that allows a stable, uh, like, you know, a, a certain amount of flexibility for sure. But my second thought after that was that way I can get my social needs out of the way the days that I'm in the office and actually get work done yes. the days that I'm at home. <laughs> so true. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. Kristen, how has your week been? Um, it's been good. I, uh, I was thinking about what I wanted to share tonight and I realized I, I have a kind of a funny story that is that I don't know if I'll regret sharing it because I, I would like to, what's this, what's the Superman term of um, his like, Kryptonite. I'm going to share my kryptonite tonight. And so um, I'm not sure if I shared this on the podcast already, but I've signed up with the city of Calgary to do a cemetery tour, which I'm sure would be of no surprise to anybody here. But so I was I was walking my route on the weekend and in Calgary, the cemetery is very close to the Calgary Stampede. And so as I'm sure a lot of Canadians are aware of, Calgary pushed to get our stampede open. And we uh, celebrated that on the grounds. Many people did. I guess maybe less than half than normal did. But anyways, um, so the cemetery could fully hear all the music going on at the stampede. And so I was walking on a path. And what song came on but Cadillac Ranch? Oh, (laughs) classic. And I found myself on this pathway doing the dance to Cadillac Ranch. You were nice. Because Wine how dancing. can you not? You how have can you to. not? And so I was. It remind, I was thinking about it later. Did you have a tour of, you know, in tow? No, I because <laughs> that would have been amazing. And then she I'm not sure what the tour was worse. <laughs> two steps down the path. <laughs> I'm not even sure what's worse because I I was I looked around fairly carefully, but I don't know if it would have been better or worse to see a girl walking by herself in the cemetery during the Cadillac Ranch song uh, <laughs> dance. Um, but uh, I was thinking about that Mars. Do you remember that Mars Attacks movie? Um, yes. With yeah. the aliens. Where, horribly like, what... B movie. <laughs> and for some reason, I think we owned it on VHS. And I've seen it way too many times. And a ton of A-list people are in it. A ton of yeah, yeah. names are in it. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was reminded of the, the song at the end where... I forget what it was, but remember they blared a certain song and it killed all the aliens? It's like a yodeling song or something <laughs> right. that his grandma always <laughs> listened to, yeah. And I was thinking, you know, if I, I guess like Cadillac Ranch is my whatever song that was, because it's like, it doesn't matter where I am or what I'm doing, I will dance to Cadillac Ranch. And so that could be my undoing eventually. <laughs> oh my God. You have no idea how on call I will be with Cadillac Ranch <laughs> whenever I see you. <laughs> the next time we get together and wine is involved, all of a sudden out of nowhere, Crystal will be pop up because <laughs> someone has put on Cadillac Ranch and she can sense it. She starts dancing. It'll be like Beetlejuice where the dancing is completely involuntary and she doesn't even know what's happening. <laughs> Pretty much. Oh my gosh. Oh, Love dear. that dance. Love that dance. It's so many giver. memories. Mostly elementary school memories. But anyways, um, <laughs> so happy to hear that everyone's had some, you know, some good news this week. And so... I'm curious, Kate, where are you taking us? Well, I'd love nope, to tell you, but it's actually Julie. <laughs> 50-50 chance. <laughs> um, I'm curious, Julie, where are you taking us? 
I'm going to call this a love song to coffee. Ooh. Oh, I do love coffee. Yeah. And here's my disclaimer for my love song. I'm sure that you can look up all kinds of studies that would probably say coffee is not the best drink for you. And, you know, too much certainly gives the best of us a tummy ache. But I'm only going to be talking about the good. Yeah, This is not a two-sided conversation. This is a fully, I am pro-coffee and all for it conversation. All right. I'm ready to jump on that bandwagon. I know. I'm happy. All you hear is bad news, so I'm I'm ready. Can, oh, so, yeah. Can I tell just a quick preface to you telling us how much you love coffee? This past summer, I thought 100% that I had an ulcer. I had really bad stomach pain, and it was just I had convinced myself. I looked up all the signs and symptoms, was convinced. Made myself a doctor's appointment for that day, and on my way to the doctor's appointment, I went through the drive-through and picked up a coffee in thinking that this might be the last coffee I'm allowed to have for a while. (laughs) So I decided to feed my ulcer one last time. Turns out it wasn't an (laughs) ulcer and I've been drinking coffee steadily ever since. Everyone should be happy to know. Anyway. Wait, where did you drive through to get your coffee? Just curious. Where would you get your last coffee? Tim Hortons. Okay. That was your last coffee. That was my last Um, coffee. So I I can fully admit that I do have an ulcer. I'm being From treated coffee? for an ulcer. I still drink coffee. No. <laughs> I is it I don't know that you could ever like pinpoint it to one thing, but uh mm-hmm. yeah, so long as you're taking your medication, you can have more coffee. Oh, well that's really it's good fun. to know. Yes. Um <laughs> talk to your doctor. And then <laughs> that's not you giving medical advice. <laughs> which Wichita, get healthcare. <laughs> make sure you check in with your physician, family physician. Yeah, make sure it's covered by your HMO that you can drink coffee. <laughs> All right. So, to me, if I'm reminiscing about like a, the perfect holiday, like mm-hmm. I'm thinking of some of the best vacations I've ever been on, the image in my mind almost invariably, I'm holding a cup of coffee and enjoying a morning in somewhere new and where there's fresh air or salty air from the sea or a beautiful view or walking down a, you know, cooler historic street. Like in my mind, a vacation include like, that's where I go. That's, you know, if I can't Mm -hmm. sleep at night and I want to go somewhere, I am sitting on a veranda in the Bavarian Alps, staying at a farm, stay with a lovely cup of coffee on a little balcony looking out. Like, Mm. because that's, I've had that experience. But coffee is kind of this linchpin of every great vacation I've ever had. Usually the morning, I give some time to coffee. Yeah. Preach. (laughs) (laughs) And I know, Kate, when we talked about morning routine, you know, it's 8.30 p.m. right now. You're already thinking about your coffee tomorrow morning. I sure am. (laughs) And um, the funny thing is that with both of you, I have special coffee memories. Mm -hmm. Um, Kristen and I, when we were in high school... On Sunday nights, we would often go mm-hmm. to the coffee slash bookstore 
Um, this was back when the bookstores still had couches in them. And it was like, you were actually made to like get a coffee and check out the books and like hang out kind of. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, um, that was like, I still like just loved that experience and that ritual that we had on those Sundays. Totally. And then when, when I went away to university and Kate and I became close friends, serious memories of us going to Tim Hortons and we both ordered a medium black, which cost, I think at that time, $1.31 and like (laughs) digging through couches and under beds for coins just to piece together that (laughs) 31 so that we could go to Tim's and pick up a coffee. Roll up the rim was a serious time in our lives. (laughs) I was more dedicated to that than I was any of my classes at the time. I can tell you that much. I would be in that boat as well. Absolutely. (laughs) But I think for so many of us, we have like amazing memories and so much of it is tied into this ritual that we associate with coffee. So going back to its origins, uh, coffee uh, began to be cultivated on the Arabian on the Arabian Peninsula, and it was associated with the wise, and the first coffee houses were founded, and coffee was cultivated there. And so as coffee then migrated to Europe, it was met with a bit of trepidation, right? Because there is an effect to drinking coffee. It makes you a little more alert, a little more awake, a little more edgy at times. Um, So some called it the bitter invention of Satan. Oh, yes. Thankfully, though, Pope Clement VIII gave it a papal approval after trying it because (laughs) he thought, this is good. I want a piece of this. And this is his quote. So being that it came from the Arabian Peninsula, I will. this is sort of his quote when he had tasted it and given it papal approval. Why? This is obviously paraphrased. This was meant like several hundred years ago. Why? This Satan's drink is so delicious that it would be a pity to let the infidels have exclusive use of it. We shall fool Satan by baptizing it and making it a truly Christian beverage. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) So now, so coffee started to be incorporated in the Christian culture as well. And I, I know from my personal experience, like, I can't think of a single church function that I've ever been to in my life, you know, whether it be Sunday mass, a wedding, a funeral, where there isn't a carafe of coffee (laughs) and a stack of styrofoam cups in the church. That's exactly where my mind went. Those small styrofoam cups, there are never lids around. It never holds a full cup of coffee. Why are they so small? Anyway, every church function (laughs) stacked next to the huge carafe and sugar cubes. The sugar cubes and, sugar and, all, cubes. and that <laughs> fake creamer, the powder, powder. creamer. <laughs> there was a really interesting article from the Washington Post called Father, Son, and Holy Roast, and I'll link it in our in our description notes that talked about how coffee has sort of become over time the acceptable Christian vice. You know, for a lot of mm-hmm. Christians, even alcohol is is um, not not necessarily an acceptable drink, especially in abundance. But mm-hmm. um, but yeah, that that's coffee is this kind of 
this little wink at a sin, if you will, that all uh, that all of us can participate in. And some evangelicals even use it as a bit of an olive branch to like sort of, you know, create a commonality with those who aren't um, Christian uh, using slogans such as you may not love Jesus, but almost everyone loves coffee. (laughs) (laughs) One thing we can all agree on, right? So, I mean, obviously like it's so it's part of it. Like we all know those tiny cup, those tiny styrofoam cups. It's even like baked into certain faith rituals. And it, it's just kind of this crazy thing that we've put so much together, like, especially when it comes to like community with coffee, like it kind of stitches it all together. Um, so once coffee came to Europe, it caught fire and started to replace the morning beverage of the day. Just for everybody's awareness, the breakfast drink of the day was typically beer, mm-hmm. <laughs> also known as like liquid bread. You know, it was a quick way it to get. Hearty. Yeah, you get mm-hmm. some starches. There's a bit of protein in there. It's made from wheat and hops or barley and hops, depending on where you are. And so you can imagine that when you have a population who goes from having a beer in the morning and then going to work to having a coffee in the morning and going to work, like productivity ratchets up. All of a sudden, yeah. people got a little more pep in their step. They got a little more pep in the step. Like to go from like somebody who's like a little half, half I don't want to say half cut, but like you might, I don't know. Personally, I don't start my day with a beer. I don't think that would make me feel good by any stretch. And uh, yeah, to all of a sudden switch to coffee. And wouldn't you know that all of a sudden people wanted to get together, have this coffee and start talking business. So in Europe, specifically London, coffee houses started to pop up Hmm. and it became sort of the haven for the up and comers, uh, you know, shippers and bankers and those who started their day and really became a place where uh, shippers and bankers could get together in the morning and have their coffee and talk shop and and really kind of um, get going. As opposed to, I could see that if that same group of individuals would get together in the morning and have beer, the day might deteriorate quickly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. All right. So in Europe, we start to see the pop-up of coffee houses. And in fact, Lloyd's of London which is now like one of the largest insurance underwriters in the world started as a coffee house. And what happened was the, it's just so happened that all these kind of pretty important people started to gather and especially shipping at that time. um, So sort of 1700s was -hmm. taking off right with the exploration of the new world and colonies being formed and so there was a lot of shipping magnates who need, realized that they needed to start to kind of insure their vessels. And so they were all hanging out in these coffee shops. And over time, um, Lloyd's of London sort of started to say, well, you know, we could, we could insure your vessels. Um, and it wasn't that simple, but that's kind of where that came from. So I think we could actually, we can thank coffee for many of our modern insurance policies. Oh, interesting. Isn't that kind of cool? Mm-hmm. So in so that was in Europe and it was really taking hold. I mean, of course, in Europe, tea um, remains very, very popular. But here in North America, coffee rules the day. 
Mm-hmm. And part of that can be traced back to the Boston Tea Party. Oh. So again, during the 1700s, when the Brits under King George um, were taxing the U.S. colony heavily on their tea, the way to re- that uh, the what would be Americans revolted was to push all the tea into the Boston Harbor. And that became right. known as the Boston Tea Party. And it was one of the rebellious acts that eventually led to the American Revolution and the formation of the United States. Mm-hmm. So Thomas Jefferson, one of the founding fathers, said, coffee, the favorite drink of the civilized world. So mm-hmm. once that happened and coffee was becoming more and more prevalent uh, because they were starting to be able to cultivate it on the Caribbean islands and in Central and South of America, and it became more available in North America. It was like, you know what? Keep your tea, Britain. Uh, we're gonna we're we're all about the coffee here. We're oh so civilized, and uh, and that's how it. One of the main reasons it took such a strong foothold over tea. Huh? Yes. So uh, caffeine does have, of course, uh, well, not of course. Caffeine does have a chemically addictive quality, similar to mm. alcohol or some uh, some drugs. But the symptom, like the upside of the alertness and the downside of, you know, stomach aches and that if you have, have too much, like it just totally, it's worth it. Unlike with, you know, you know, you can make the argument for, uh, or not for alcohol, that whether or not it's it's worth it to use it as a vice, but certainly with coffee, <laughs> it's it's one of our least risky vices. Mm. And to that end, I wanted to share the informed case, the scientific case for drinking the right amount of coffee. Now, of course, you know you can drink too much and end up with an ulcer, but um, <laughs> when you drink the right amount of coffee, John Hopkins Medicine put out nine reasons, and these were actually mostly related to women, of why you should drink coffee, and I wanted to share them. Tell all right. me all of them. Okay. Where did they go? They are right there. <laughs> now. Tell me now. Tell me now. <laughs> We're on the edge of our seats. All right. No, but seriously. Number one. (laughs) Number one, you could live longer. They found all kinds of of all kinds of things that coffee drinkers are less likely to die from some of the leading causes of death for women. So right off the hop, you're adding years to your life. John Hmm. Hopkins says so. Two is your body may actually be able to process glucose or sugar better. And Mm -hmm. that studies are finding that people who drink more coffee are less likely to get type 2 diabetes. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. And so, you know, as I said off the hop, this is the case for coffee. I'm not going to second guess any of these studies. I am for them. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Three, you're less likely to develop heart failure because, um, because you're heart uh remains strong because it's constantly pumping your blood because you know you get that little jolt from coffee mm-hmm. and you won't have a weakened heart that could potentially fail you yeah so exercise for the heart yeah, yeah exactly when they say one to two cups is that their recommended amount a day yes based on how much caffeine is in those cups you'd have to look at the caffeine for that specific type of coffee that you're drinking uh, number four, you are less likely to develop Parkinson's disease. 
Oh, um, oh. Not only linked to a lower chance of it, but it may also help those with the condition to better control their movements. Oh, really? Ooh. I find that really interesting because you I would think the opposite because when I drink coffee, I get if I drink too much and I haven't say I haven't had a proper breakfast, I definitely get shaky. Mm-hmm. So I think, again, it's in the right quantities, but uh, mm-hmm. really interesting. Number five, your liver will thank you. Both regular and decaf coffee seem to have a protective effect on your liver. Hmm. So you're more likely to have a liver enzyme levels within a healthy range than people who don't drink coffee. Interesting. Who knew? Number six, your DNA will be stronger. So dark roast coffee decreases breakage in DNA strands, which occurs naturally but can lead to cancers or tumors if if your cells are not able to repair themselves. Interesting. Interesting. I was going to ask how – I didn't know that was a thing, that your DNA breaks. Yeah. It breaks. I mean, there's a lot of things I don't know, but But, hmm, interesting. uh, Number seven, your odds of getting colon cancer will go way down. So for women, one in 23 women will develop colon cancer, but research found that for coffee drinkers, they were like 26% less likely to develop colon cancer. That's significant. Number eight, you may decrease your risk of getting Alzheimer's disease. So even better. Yeah, the caffeine in two cups of coffee may provide significant protection against developing it. In fact, research found that women aged 65 and older who drank two to three cups of coffee a day were less likely to develop dementia in general. We're up Mm. to three cups now. I know. Like, keep. I'm I'm hoping this last one tells me to have four. Um, Oh, let's make it six or seven. (laughs) Maybe they mean one pot of coffee. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And the last one um, is you're not as likely to suffer a stroke. So, for women drinking at least one cup of coffee a day in associate. Uh, is associated with lowered stroke risk, which is the fourth leading cause of female deaths. Really? Hmm. Yeah. So there you go. So not only is the ritual of the coffee amazing and like so deep rooted and it's delicious and lovely and has led to things like insurance companies being formed and people not going to work drunk all the time. It is (laughs) scientific. There is scientific evidence to show that we can live longer by drinking more coffee. Thank you, coffee. I love you. I would love it if either of you have any coffee-related stories to share. Well, just to, I mean, this is just kind of a pile-on on how much you you love coffee, but I even remember when you were looking at buying a new house before you were in the house that you were in, one of the things you said to me was, if I can't picture myself with a with a cup of coffee – in that house, I I don't bother seeing the rest of it. That was true. And I, I can't believe I said that, but that is so incredibly wise. Yes. It is. Wise words from yourself to yourself. <laughs> Years later. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I remember I was, I mean, I, I, as you're talking, it's just, I'm trying to remember them. Cause like, as you're talking about this, I'm like, so many memories I have come up around coffee. I think I remember my one of my first jobs, I was working in a hair salon, and I had to learn how to make coffee. And I want to say that that was in my early 20s. And yes, you and I used to go to chapters Starbucks to get coffees, but they were very like, not coffee. (laughs) (laughs) I was like a a slow dive into them. But uh, like when I used to have like, 
coconut macchiatos or whatever it was, <laughs> coconut frappuccino, whatever. Um, but yeah, I, I remember like someone having to teach me when I was like how to make coffee. And that was kind of like my first foray into having like a work coffee. And then I remember another like visiting the East Coast at one point and I was staying with some people and they were like, they either didn't have a coffee maker or they were having tea in the morning. And it was, and I was like, frantic. I was like, <laughs> like, I, like, I don't know what to do with this. I like, ha, like, how is this not culture to have yeah. a morning coffee? Like, yeah, that's not, I, okay. I, 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 I didn't know what to do with myself. It's one of those things where it's like, Oh man, like, I don't like, it would take me a lot to give up coffee. And, uh, and I feel like we, like I could probably sit and list like, you know, and just like coffee dates with friends and different rituals and like great conversations that have been had over coffee. Like it's endless. Yeah, yeah. it really is a magical, magical thing. I used to um, give it up for Lent just to prove to nobody that I could. (laughs) And I would go through serious with all the withdrawal symptoms. I feel like, you know, if I meet a recovering heroin addict, I feel like I know what they've been through. Um, (laughs) But... Yeah. And then I stopped and I was like, no, there are so many more things I'd rather give up than coffee. Who am I trying to like I uh, anything, name it, like anything, yeah. alcohol, yeah. chocolate. Yeah. I mean, those are, yeah. <laughs> exactly. You know, family time, whatever. But, uh, <laughs> no, just, just kidding. Um, but my triathlon coach is obsessed with not just coffee, but Kona coffee. And he so he will order it from Hawaii. And when he goes mm-hmm. to Hawaii, and he often goes on an annual basis, because he does camps there. He always makes sure to not only have Kona coffee in Kona, but to bring lots back so that he's he's got a supply, but he is somebody that can really appreciate a good a good cup of coffee. But again, he gives it up every year for Lent um, just to just because. And this year I kind of rubbed it in his face. <laughs> well, because we would we would meet online for for online spin class. And I'm I always have a coffee. I always get on a bike with a coffee if I'm if it's a station. Well, sometimes not even stationary, um, but if it's staying in one place or and not just because I was at home. Usually, if I would I would go to a class when it was in person before everything went online, and um, I would often not often, but every once in a while I'd show up with a take twelve from Tim Hortons, and it was like I was nice. the champion. I won that class. So. <laughs> everybody appreciates it you are absolutely right julie coffee can do no harm exactly oh, it's, it's my best friend sometimes it's my only friend i just i was kind of hoping for a physical song that you would sing that you had written for coffee you, oh because <laughs> this is my love, it was song a love song yeah sorry i didn't mean literal love song um can you I, write one can you sing you one right what? now how are you at acapella? <laughs> Sorry. Cut all of that out. Now I'm just, <laughs> she's snapping. Do it. Do it. Coffee. <laughs> no, but, but I, I think there's something to it. And, and I know some people for them, they can do it with tea. But for me, like, there is no... I love how disgusted you looked on your face. I know some people can do it with tea. <laughs> but I cannot find anything else that has this ritual 
of coffee. Now, of course, I love to go for like a cocktail with friends, but there's something to the alertness and like the, you know, the conversations won't get totally derailed if you have a couple cups mm. of coffee, you know, <laughs> um, you can, and just that that's one of my favorite ways to get together with people is to, is in the morning and to have a coffee together and, and to visit. And I just love it. Like, and I, I feel like you learn a lot from people in those moments and yeah. And whether it's like a church, church basement with those tiny styrofoam cups, we just all have this kind of shared story that can be linked back to coffee, which is that's exactly where Kristen went when she was visiting her friend from the East. She was like, just take me to the closest church basement. Yes. <laughs> I'll find what I need there. <laughs> Are there any AA meetings? I can, I know there's coffee there. Just, no, that's oh, great. Oh, really man. good topic. I love that. And I love how it all came back around to church basements. That's <laughs> <laughs> so many. Yes. You know what? It's funny. Yes, as I get older. It all normally does. Oh my gosh, I can't even imagine being any happier in this moment unless I had a coffee. I'm drinking tea, which is I know. Well, I would have loved to have uh, this conversation over a cup of coffee. Indeed. Yeah, and now we're all just craving it at nine o'clock in the evening. uh... Kate, Kate, do you have a nice a nice story for us? I do. And so I might not be surprising you guys with this. I saw it in the news this evening. Uh, It happened this past week. So. In this past week at the European Championships for Beach Handball. Do you oh, guys know what I'm talking about? I do, but I saw yeah. this as a not good story. Oh, I think it's a great story. The national women's team of Norway did something unthinkable. They wore shorts. And according to the International Handball Federation's rule book, quote, athletes uniforms and accessories contribute to helping athletes increase their performance as well as remain coherent with the sportive and attractive image of the sport. Getting specific, female athletes must wear bikini bottoms that are with a close fit and cut on an upward angle towards the top of the leg. The side width must be a maximum of 10 centimeters, so no like, no like, um, hot pants or like boy shorts, I guess, that type of Mm -hmm. underwear. Meanwhile, men's shorts, if not too baggy, can be longer but must remain 10 centimeters above their knee. So in protest of the dress code and because they felt their uniforms were too revealing and it was making them feel uncomfortable, uncomfortable and unnecessarily sexualized, they showed up to their match in shorts instead of bikini bottoms. And these are not basketball shorts. These are short shorts, short spandex shorts. They don't, if I didn't know there were those specific rules in the rule book, I would have thought that's a very appropriate thing to wear. It's clearly not hindering their performance if anything they don't have to be picking their bikini out of their butt all the time which Mm -hmm. I always see beach volleyball and beach handball people doing all the time it seems Mm -hmm. so in doing that in showing up like that the team is facing a fine of 1500 euros for breaking uniform regulations but this is bringing this whole situation to the forefront 
and people are going nuts, nuts, which is why I think it's such a good news story. So the Norwegian Handball Federation president um, is completely on the side of his players. And his view on uniforms is that the most important thing is to have equipment that athletes are comfortable with. And so yeah, I think yeah. if anything, that would enhance your performance. He wrote, the president of the Norwegian Handball Federation wrote in an Instagram post, we are very proud of these girls who, during the European Championships in beach handball, raised their voices and announced that enough is enough. We, the Norwegian Handball Federation, stand behind you and support you. Together, we will continue to fight to change the international regulations for clothing so that players can play in the clothes that they are comfortable with. And again, these are, it's, it's not like they showed up in board shorts and a baggy t-shirt. So yeah. I think this is a great news story because people around the world are hearing them show up in protest, which was the most peaceful protest I've ever seen, like to show up in short <laughs> shorts. Um, yeah. But social media is going nuts in support of them. And I really hope that the International Handball Federation takes a look in the mirror. They, the International Handball Federation even received this tweet. Dear INH, uh, can you please stop the forced bikini nonsense at your beach handball games? Question mark. It is embarrassing, disgraceful, and sexist. You are ruining both the sport and your own reputation. Best regards, Lene Westgard Halle, Member of Parliament. Nice. Mm. Yeah. So just super classy response. It's getting attention. And that's the good news on this story. That is. And and sorry, when I mentioned earlier that it was a bad news story, the fact that they were fine to me is ludicrous. Like it was, that's yeah. completely unacceptable. Absolutely. And they went into that match knowing that they would be fined. And as I read more in this article that I was reading, it had said that the president of the Norwegian Feder handball federation had said of course we're going to cover the fine like they, it, they the players won't have to pay the fine yeah. we support them we're going to cover it i think it's it's 150 euros each but and they had they went into it knowing they would be fined and possibly completely disqualified yeah yeah no, that's awesome good for them and yeah. yeah i've seen the photos as well and no it looked absolutely appropriate for handball and or beach volleyball no there was nothing nobody could say that that wasn't the appropriate athletic wear no. yeah absolutely not and I mean yes in comparison to the men it's ludicrous but their uniforms are their longer shorts baggy and a tank top that's baggy like yeah. it's absolutely infuriating but yeah. this is where we start yeah, absolutely. It's it's always great to see people standing up for that, especially when it's like, I, I knew nothing about these uniforms before this news story. And I thought it was the other way around. I thought they wanted to wear these, like, I just saw two pictures. And I was like, Oh, that's what people are forced to wear. It's pretty, pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> anyways, well, that's awesome. Thanks so much for sharing, Kate. And I like, I love how you put a positive spin on what, you know, is also a, a pretty ridiculous situation. So appreciate that a lot. Well, ladies and listeners in Wichita, did you find what you were looking for? 